Hey, welcome to Gig News this morning, featuring me, Chad, him, Hannibal, in Brooklyn. What's going hey. on, man? Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm out. it's a little rainy today. A little, little, actually, I'll take the rain. It's been really hot. I'll get to cool down a little bit. Enjoying it. How are you doing? All right. Yeah. I mean, it's been raining a lot here, but I mean, in Florida, yeah, between yeah. like, <laughs> it rains every day in the summer. <laughs> yeah. It's a regular what, day for you. Any uh, interesting, crazy stories or anything this week? Or I know you started your podcast with Pedro. How'd that go? Yeah, we started that. It's pretty good. Pretty good so far getting into the podcasting game. Um, in terms of gig work, uh, really busy with the dog boarding and dog walking because a lot of people, especially this weekend, left. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's like graduations are happening or everyone wanted to leave their house this weekend. So <laughs> I was very busy running around. Oh, but that's good. When it's busy, that means I'm making money. Yeah. Is it busier in the summer? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah everybody going on vacation. It's kind of like the opposite for you. You know, they say summer slowdown, but if people are going out of town, that's when it's going to, your business yeah, people, is going to pick uh, up. Yeah. Trips, vacations, work uh, trips. Yeah. It's, uh, people don't want to stay in their house during the summer. I realize mm -hmm. that. Oh, by the way, since uh, New York enacted that like 100% transparency law or whatever, like, has that, have you noticed a difference in the apps or anything? Or, yeah, actually, maybe like a week. Or two ago, I talked to another New York, uh, New York City, a gig worker named um, Ride with Anthony. He does uh, all the gig work on an electric scooter, so he's in the heart of Manhattan, uh, working and doing his thing. We've noticed that there, there's a, especially with Uber Eats in particular, the way the offers are given to you, they're extremely short trips, but they're still really bad. So they'll have like a three dollar order, but it'll be like one point five miles and i think in uber eats mine the algorithm is like well everyone complains and say they want a dollar a mile well here you go here's this three dollar <laughs> no tip order for 1.5 miles and we've we've noticed that but we don't you know we're not we're not coders or anything but right. we believe the algorithm is doing something a little different um since the law was enacted here mm -hmm. i just wonder if well uh, do you think new yorkers are better worse or average when it comes to tips probably i would say it depends on where you you are but for the most part tips are generally better i think you will make a good amount of money it's just you will be competing with thousands and thousands of um workers out there gig workers because um for many people getting a bike electric scooter once you have that, you can work as long as you want. And if you from, you know, immigrant immigrant backgrounds, and this is the only way you can make money, um, it's flexible as well. So even they can work as hard as and long as they want, you will be competing with everybody. So it's, it's um, you can make some money, but at the same time, it's, there'll be times where I cannot get on DoorDash at all. I don't even try sometimes. Um, even at nine o'clock at dinner, uh, I'm not able to dash now <laughs> and schedule. I don't even how you can schedule with thousands and thousands of door dashers. Even getting a schedule would be probably a crazy and monumental task mm. to perform. Yeah, it's weird how DoorDash is like, I mean, between the big three, Grubhub, Uber Eats, DoorDash, DoorDash is the only one that makes you have a schedule and stay in the zone. 
Uber lets anybody drive anywhere, anytime. Grubhub does have scheduled shifts, which apparently if you actually schedule your shift in advance, you get better offers. That's what I've heard. I don't think I've ever, I've been, I've been on Grubhub for about a year now. I don't think I've ever scheduled a shift on Grubhub. I just turn it on and turn it off. Yeah. Same thing here. It's, Um, um, yeah. And then you got DoorDash, but I mean, somehow DoorDash is number one. So, I mean, I guess that's the key. I mean, well, what they do on the driver side really shouldn't have any effect on the customer side. So, I don't know. I did notice that. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's just an Uber X thing, or you do Uber Eats too, right? Yeah. So actually, maybe I'll be able to show this on my phone. So uh, Uber is actually introducing zones, and it's like voluntary. Have you seen this? No, I gotta check that out. The last All time right. I was on, I was getting so many three dollar offers. I just decided to take a break on that app. Let me see if uh, you guys can see this. All right. So these are all like the zones and you can just pick and choose which zone you want to stay in. So I just unselected all these other zones and it's, I'm telling the app I want to stay. <laughs> hey, that's hey, actually you can start, you can start working right now. <laughs> uh, well, I, I thought that was good. No, it's a. Uh, 7.59 for 7.2 miles and it's for dunkin donuts no mm, not good but i just wanted to show you guys right, it's back again so here's here's the zones mm. so let us know if this is just for i think this might just be for rideshare drivers um but if you do uber eats check your app and see if you have this on there so let, let me know in the comments if you got the or maybe i'm in a pilot program or something i have no idea yeah, I know it's Uber, they they do they do have zones or at least they carve out a map and you see how you know certain areas. But there isn't like like you said DoorDash where you can you stay in one area. So there could be something that is introduced to keep people in one uh-huh. place. Again, it gas and you know you want to you don't want to drive too far. So like, it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into the news, I wanted to talk about a few um, GigTube community issues. Um, first of all, um, so if you've been watching my channel for a while, a few weeks ago, actually a month ago, I interviewed uh, Uber guy Tony. He's in uh, Los Angeles, cool dude. Um, and he made a video a while back, like showing how on Uber they have the destination filter and Apparently, there's some kind of glitch where you can, because like they only give you like two a day, but there's some kind of glitch that he was showing that I guess drivers have known for a while that you can exploit. That if you, I think it's like if you kill, like if you turn destination filter off before you actually reach your destination, it won't hold that again. Like it won't count it as using the filter. So you can essentially have infinite destination filters if you know how to do it right. And um, he was getting like tons, tons of uh, haters, like, you know, comments, emails, all that. He said he was like getting like flat out threats. And he actually he nuked his channel over it. Mm. I feel I feel really bad for him. I was actually, you know, I've been texting with him uh, last few days and I was saying, oh, man, you can't you can't cave to the Internet mob. Because apparently what happened is just by coincidence, Uber fixed this glitch. So all these rideshare drivers are blaming him. And I'm like, 
you really think a channel with like a couple hundred subscribers getting like you know a few dozen views on each video that's that's what brought it to the attention of uber like yeah. maybe if harry campbell the rideshare guy made a video about it maybe but then like even then i mean i'm sure uber doordash all these gig companies i'm sure they have people that monitor like what we do and like watch reddit and facebook and all that stuff just to see what people are talking about but i can't imagine that they're watching every single video by every single gig tuber and like like the like the engineers didn't know about this glitch for years so if you think uber guy tony's video is what caused this glitch to get fixed or whatever i i got a bridge on the moon you might want to buy so remember that remember that meme from like 20 years ago leave britney alone leave britney alone leave, <laughs> leave uber guy tony alone i wish i told him oh man bring back your channel or you know start a new one or something because he was making really good content so uh tony if you're watching you know we support you <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh yeah, you definitely don't want to stop. If you was if you are enjoying making videos, mm -hmm. you have to keep going. Yeah. You're going to get into some negative feedback on something you say or something you, you know, you stand for. You can't you can't quit, especially if you enjoy what you're doing. But at the same time, it's something you have to prepare for when you are creating something and you are expressing yourself over the internet. There will be people who will disagree with you and then some will be crazier than others in their way yeah. of expressing that uh, level of uh, disagreement. So he should definitely continue. Um, in terms of do the gig companies watch? I believe so. Eventually they're going to fix this problem. <laughs> you know, like there's yeah. not going to be, you know, eventually they were going to fix it. It's a cat and mouse game between what we do and what they do. So when we find uh, something to exploit, we'll exploit it. But eventually the company will change it. So, you know, I think you should come back, same name, do your thing, ignore those comments, you know. Yeah. Because you're not going to you're not going to have a hundred percent agreement with every video you make. It's impossible. Yeah. And and sometimes, well, I mean, I guess he was because people were actually like threatening him. I mean, it, I don't know how credible you can take a threat on Twitter or in a YouTube comment or whatever. But you know, sometimes controversy can be good, you know. I mean, you don't want to be like, you don't want to just shock jock your way to the top. Um, I'm not going to name names, but there's people who have done that. And uh, and a related note. So you might have seen, I posted this in uh, on my community post. It was a picture of Blake Moore saying, like it was a thumbnail of his video. He said, I'm quitting DoorDash. And then it, underneath it was from Back to the Future. He said, oh, I've seen this. I've seen this one. Because I could have swore he said this like at least two or three other times. And um I don't know if you saw that video, but at one point in the video, he he says, he says, I'm literally showing you guys the same thing in every video. And I was like, oh, well, he said the quiet part out loud. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, then because he made that like a day or two after Nugs made a video. He although uh, I noticed that he changed the thumbnail in the title. Originally, it was I'm kind of sort of quitting DoorDash. And then he just changed it to flat out. I'm quitting DoorDash. And he changed the thumbnail. Hey, Leo. Um so then, you know, like a day or two later, Blake Moore comes out with I'm quitting DoorDash, you know, um, and then but then in the video, he says, well, I'm still going to do it on the weekends and there's still a few challenges I want to do. So he's not quitting DoorDash. <laughs> it's difficult to um, in particular with with YouTube, 
the way the algorithm works. And I think this is a negative thing, but people, you know, I guess YouTube is doing pretty well. So the fact is once you found something to, that you can create and a lot of people are interested in, you are forced to do the same kind of content over and over and over again. And then anytime that you try to do something different or talk about something different, um, YouTube will not push the video. And it's really just YouTube pushing the video. I know people may seem, I know when you watch how to grow YouTube channels, they make it seem like it, it's just the audience, man. You just got to make better stuff. No, it's a very um, complicated algorithm system. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't make any sense and they will push videos that they want to push. And right now, uh, right along DoorDash videos will get pushed. Um, and, and and I can see, at least for my channel, trying mm-hmm. other things is more difficult to do. So, um, Yeah. Like, do you see Nug's latest video where he was homeless for a day? <laughs> I didn't get to watch it, but I did see it. I did see the thumbnail. I thought it was pretty cool. I think it's been up there for at least a day, maybe yeah, two. And it's only, only at 10,000 views. Last time I checked, usually he gets like 10,000 views, like the yeah. first... 12 hours or so enough to keep pushing because i think a lot of people who watch his content don't even do doordash they just like his ability to create oh yeah people say that in the comments all the time they're like i don't even do gig work but you're just fun to watch yeah um well what i was gonna say is like i you know like what what you're just saying is and i've talked to other gig tubers i'm not gonna name names but you know like there's a lot of people that i text (laughs) back and forth with and they'll say the same thing like Damn, how many freaking lo- ride-along videos can I make, you know? Um, and, like, they're getting, like, burned out or maybe not burned out, but just, you know, just getting tired of doing, you know, more or less the same things. And like, this is what I've been saying as a viewer. It's just kind of, like, only, I think, like, only Nugs and, like, maybe Eli Ash and a few other, like, really talented, like, people who are talented at shooting, directing, editing videos can, like, make those types of videos interesting all the time if you only and especially if you only do them um maybe a couple times a month or maybe once a week tops but i mean there's entire channels that do ride-alongs every day that's like more or less the same things and if nothing interesting happens and it's like a 20 30 40 minute video like i'm all right i'll I'll name names i'll talk about pedro here is like i see like 20 30 40 (laughs) minutes and unless it's like about a specific topic like just that that um that runtime alone just turns me off i'm like all right even if i watch it at 2x speed i i don't have the patience or the time to sit here for 20 minutes to watch somebody deliver food hey guys i just got an order in now i'm picking it up now i'm going walking back to the car now i'm walking from the car to the door now i'm walking from the door back to the car you know um that's why like i think i think both of us have said like you know ride along videos should be a treat you know, maybe, you know, like just do them once in a while. And then like, and also, like I said, you have to be a good filmmaker. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I would say for Pedro, I guess I'll be defending him, obviously, here, but it's not that I don't uh, like him. I like him. Yeah, I think he's led by his personality. It's not led exactly. By the exactly. You want yeah. to listen to him talk. Um, yeah. I told him myself, I said, my favorite part of your videos is when you are talking about something like it, it may be a uh, a topic that he may say something that's um that's not necessarily a universal agreed position like he has strong opinions i think that's where his uh strength is he's able and he's also he, he makes it into a show every day is a half an hour show of him and his day yeah. and 
the guy's, you know, his growth is is ridiculous. I mean, he's he's still bringing in thousands of uh, which, subs a month, which is kind of surprising because like people love if his you're if you're yeah, but if you're a new viewer and like say you you come across his channel and then like like probably like you just follow a random like whatever he released that day, um, it's kind of like you know like maybe like in comics it's like you know where comics have been running for decades and you pick up issue number 784 you're yeah. like well i didn't read the first 783 issues so i'm gonna be lost yeah you know the it's, biggest it's, the one video that brings all the uh subs if you check out his channel it's a how-to video for doordash mm -hmm. so it's 20 something i forgot how long it is i think it's a regular ride long but he breaks down all of doordash so if you were new to doordash and you type it in and he has channel authority obviously because his name is yeah. his name is in there he talks about it every day they go to that video first and then they get to notice his personality and how he does things yeah. and that that grabs them so i don't know if they're watching random video that he made today or yesterday mm -hmm. but that video that's that's like the leader video of bringing yeah. in people so that it's, yeah youtube is a, that's a probably and that's I, same thing on this channel like you know if you go on my channel and sort videos by most viewed, it's all like my Instacart training videos. Yeah, because people are then, going to YouTube for entertainment or information. And hopefully you're yeah. able to blend the two in. You do well. But there's a lot of other creators who just, just make ride-along videos. Mm -hmm. And they don't have the, the personality that Pedro has. They don't have, you know. Yeah. It, it's a lot I, going on. I, yeah, I totally agree. Is that It's... Pedro and a few other gig tubers, and it's not that I don't like them. Actually, a lot, a lot of people that I'm thinking of, I I like like people I text with. It's just that, um, like, I personally don't watch every video they do because it's like I said, it's more or less the same. And it's not like you know, I like them. Um, I don't know. I'm just not the type of person that like, you know, would fawn over somebody on the internet like that. I guess maybe it's just me. Yeah. Anyway. Been going 18 minutes and <laughs> we haven't even gotten into the news yet. And you know, you know, it's funny, uh, we're coming up on the one year anniversary of this show. Although I don't know if that counts because we took about four months off. So yeah, it's still kind of work. It's still kind of, yeah. Mixed. I think yeah. it was the last Sunday of June last year. I think it was June 28th or something like that. But anyway, um, this first story is this might be the, the most controversial. Or maybe not. Yeah, it could be the most controversial story we've ever talked about on this show. Postmates slammed over a bottom-friendly Pride Month menu. And you know what's funny is this came to my attention through uh, Tim Pool because he was talking about this exact story. And then when he was talking about it, I was like, "Oh yeah, Postmates. I forgot about them because I didn't have a Google alert set up for them because I thought they, I thought they closed shop. I didn't even know this this app was still around. Because if you don't know, Postmates is owned outright by Uber. So." When they talk about Postmates, are they talking about Uber or do they have does Postmates still have its own people running that app? And if yeah. so, for how long? Anyway, let's get to the the news here. Postmates slammed over a bottom friendly Pride Month menu. Uh, the Postmates ad campaign featuring a bottom friendly menu in celebration of Pride Month has generated mixed reviews on social media, with some users criticizing it and others praising the food delivery app for its inclusivity. The company partnered with sexual health and wellness expert Dr. Evan Goldstein to develop the menu, and comedian Rob Anderson, who narrates the ad, a bottom, refers to someone who engages in certain sexual positions. Well, that clarifies it. 
What are you eating this pride? Well, if you're a top, it seems like you can eat whatever you want. The narrator states as an eggplant dressed in what appears to be a dominatrix style clothing eats a taco. But if you're a bottom, you're expected to starve. Um, this is, I'm not going to play the video, so I don't want to get nuked by YouTube here. The bottoms are portrayed as peaches and the ad lists various types of foods one should avoid, such as whole grains, wheat bran, cauliflower, and potatoes. The reason, according to the ad, is that those foods don't dissolve in water, causing a traffic jam in the digestive system, which can make a mess of your evening. Gross. <laughs> Dairy should be avoided as well. The ad states friendly foods include white rice, citrus, peas, fish, and sushi, which digest easily. The menu is only available for Postmates users in New York City and Los Angeles. Yeah, but the ad is nationwide or global. Really. I mean, anything that's on the internet is global. The ad campaign comes as more corporations try to capitalize on Pride Month and continue to advertise themselves as LGBTQ friendly. The attempt by Postmates was met with mixed reaction from users online. Um, I think we can probably leave it at that. I mean, I think you can probably guess what the reaction was. And a lot of the stuff, like, I don't even know if I'm allowed to show this on YouTube. So links in the show notes, folks, if you want to uh, investigate further. But, um, yeah, I I think that this ad, I mean, I understand the sentiment, but I'm wondering, actually kind of going back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show, is because Postmates, because the app is essentially dying because they got bought out by uber are they like if they're on their last you know throws like it's you know if, if they're going away soon like was this like their last ditch effort to like maintain credibility let's make this really um outrageous pride month ad to get some name recognition or uh, then again they're san francisco based you know, tech, uh, Silicon Valley company, like, is this, you know, really what they legitimately think, but, um, anyway, you slice it, uh, this, I'm going to have to agree with a lot of the, uh, the dissenters here is that I think this ad is in really bad taste. And also, I mean, I'm not gay, but I would think like, if you're gay to be an associated gay with like, you know, dominatrix and like you know whips and all that snm type stuff is like there's i would think like you'd be outraged like you'd be pissed you'd be like there's more to our lifestyle than this and like the whole traffic jam in the digestive system oh that's we know what you're talking about postmates and like what does this have to do with food that that just explain to me how this makes me want to order a cheeseburger or yeah, I, I I'll let you go now. Think, like you said, it's is uh, San Francisco based. Um, mm -hmm. I think Postmates is still a brand, and this seems like in the West Coast from what I've seen before. So Uber is not necessarily abandoning the name because I'm sure a lot of people have downloaded the app on their phone. They still may order from Postmates. There's some level of I guess people, you know, they they have their habits and they order certain things with certain apps, and I guess Uber keeps the post name Postmates name there. But it's just more of corporate pandering because of this, the Pride Month. This is very similar to Black History Month. Corporations really want everyone to know that they really care about social and political issues, even though I think it would be a better idea if they be they were neutral in all this so they could just like sell their product. But that's not the way uh, corporate advertising is now. It's how much can you fake caring about this group, this, you know, this particular group in, of the time, right? So... It, it seems, it, I would say for that, 
if it's nationwide, I think it's a bit much. But at the same time, we're talking about it. Maybe this is what Postmates wanted. Like like we were saying earlier, sometimes getting a certain level of attention is a good thing. Like, oh, Postmates is all around? Oh, let me download that app. Let me check it out. So I think that's what it is. It's just more corporate pandering. Do do these corporations yeah. do they really care? I think they just want to be on the right side to get people to buy their products. So that's just, and I think this is yeah. a, a, more of an extreme example, but they are, they, they're on the news. And I think more people probably realize, oh, oh Postmates is so around. Let me check that app out. Maybe they have deals and stuff like that. So I think that's what they were trying to do with this ad. Yeah, I mean, I listen to like a lot of uh, more conspiratorial <laughs> type podcasts. And um, a lot of people that I've been listening to say like, it's not, this is all about like their ESG score. I don't know if you follow James Lindsay. He's been on Joe Rogan a few times, Tim Pool a few times. He's like he's like the anti woke uh, spokesperson. Like he like really explains how the whole woke cult works and uh, the ESG score. If you're on the left, you probably never heard of this, but the right talks about it constantly. It's environmental and social governance. It's basically a Chinese style. Uh, social credit system for corporations and it's kind of like the companies care more about their esg score and you get a higher score by being woke basically by being like super lgbt friendly um you know being you know super green things like that anything basically anything npc like basically anything the the npcs on twitter you know, like the Ukraine flag, all that stuff, whatever is the current thing. You ever seen people, they've changed their avatars to the NPC and it just says, I support the current thing. Yeah, current, you know? whatever is yeah. popular right now. Um, I don't really have time to get into it right now, but um, I mean, I will say, check out James Lindsay on Rogan or Tim Pool. He's, he's great at explaining it and uh, certain other uh, controversial pundits have talked about this and they're saying like it like like i said it has nothing to do with i think they're actually losing money but it's because they got to maintain that esg score um mm. kevin trimble said they don't want the mo- the woke mob outside their corporation offices protest yeah exactly because um the left protests and the right really doesn't although you are starting to see pushback now especially with the whole drag show for kids and all that stuff and i mean we can get way off on a tangent here, but I wanted to talk about this because I mean, Postmates is or was a one of you know food delivery gig. I mean, this is a gig two podcast, so um, I thought we could talk about. It. I mean, if it was like um, Mister Coffee or something, we probably wouldn't talk about it. But right, right. Um, yeah. So let us let us know what you guys think. <laughs> I I think they went way too far with this ad. I think it's in bad taste and. Um, they're definitely going to get, I mean, they're already getting pushback. So anyway, let's move on. This is kind of a long story. This is from Bloomberg food delivery billionaires see for fortune swoon as pandemic ebbs, massive wealth reversals for DoorDash and just eat founders end of lockdowns, inflation, Hammering delivery firm share. Now, this is a really long article, so I'm just going to read a few highlights here. Early pandemic as lockdown diners turned to ordering online and a billionaire emerged. The food delivery magnet. The three co-founders of San Francisco-based DoorDash each amassed fortunes of $2.5 billion or more 
Yitzi Grown, who started European rival JustEatTakeaway.com, racked up $1.5 billion. Uh, those riches now seem like a mirage as the world returns to eating in restaurants rather than just ordering takeout. While technology stocks fall out of favor with investors amid a shifting macro environment, Grown's stake has dropped to $350 million, while DoorDash, uh, Andy Fang, and Stanley Tang are no longer billionaires, and CEO Tony Hsu's net worth has fallen to $1.1 billion, according to Bloomberg, Bloomberg Billionaires Index. Others also suffered massive, massive wealth interests, or sorry, reversals, including Deliveroo's Will Shu, whose holdings in the company have declined about 150 million to from 620 million in August, after notching huge gains in 2020 and much of the last year, a slump in share prices of large food delivery firms have been swift and relentless, wiping out more than 100 billion dollars of market value. And while most are still managing to increase revenue, that growth has leveled off sharply from the 2020 surge. Now, whenever you see a line graph, we got to take a good look at this. The colors are all wrong, though. DoorDash is green. And then, actually, DoorDash is the only American company on here. The rest of these are all European companies, unless you count Jet. So, um, I mean, you can see everybody's down, and DoorDash is still, you know, doing a little bit better than everybody else. Obviously, Jet, better known as Grubhub here in America, is uh, at the bottom. We don't have Delivery Hero or Deliveroo in uh, the United States, and I doubt they'll be coming here anytime soon. But, um Let's just finish this up. A recent market down as well as persistent inflation are also eroding customers' savings, cutting the amount of money that people can afford to spend on ordering in, which is why, you know, orders are slowing down. Fast-growing technology stocks have widely plummeted with gross expectations dropping amid rising interest rates and fear of a prolonged shutdown. The focus has now shifted to cost-cutting for some, with investors pressing companies to generate cash rather than spending to grow market share. Just Eat's shares rose 12% following a report this week that Grubhub founder Matt Maloney had considered buying back the U.S. business just a year after selling it to Just Eat for $7.3 billion. Um, and then they get into like kind of the history of DoorDash and all that stuff. So um, my only reaction or comment on this story is kind of like, boo-hoo, you know? <laughs> um, and also, we're talking about wealth. This We're not talking about liquidity. This is It's all just like wealth is like relative. It's all, you know uh theoretical basically it's not like you can take your cash or your house to the bank it, you know it's not currency so yeah. um i mean i'm these guys will be fine you know unless like they have some major coke addiction or something but or you know gambling um as long as they don't squander their money away i think they'll be fine yeah clearly it's you know two years ago they got in at the right time they were, they were in the right place at the right time and they were able to make you know, vast amounts of wealth and things. We're all suffering from what we think is going as we head to what I think a recession and, you know, things going to shrink up a little bit. So uh, luckily for DoorDash, at least that they were able to dominate as fast as they were able to uh, since two years ago, that they could probably ride this out. And you can, you can notice the cost cutting. You notice the, the offer is going to look even worse because the investors are finally telling these companies, we want to see some kind of money coming in. We can't just continue to pump money in, invest more while nothing is happening uh, in terms of getting into a profit uh, area. So this is not surprising. Um, but, uh, you know, I think some of these, these companies will stay, at least the big dogs, you know, well, Grubhub is probably going to be gone, but, DoorDash will still be around even through these lean times right now. Yeah. And then, like they said, there's talking about um, Matt Maloney 
maybe buying his company back, but I, I can't imagine that's actually going to happen. You know, no. um, there's a private equity firm called Apollo that's looking into buying Grubhub. I was going to cover it today, but there's really there's not much to talk about. It's just the, the only news is private equity firm Apollo looking into buying Grubhub, and we don't really have much more information about that. Speaking of Grubhub, and speaking of New York, where you are from, New York Post. This is a story that just won't die. I think it was the third or fourth time we've talked about this. Grubhub's free lunch fiasco is still costing restaurants money. More than two weeks after Grubhub's free lunch fiasco, restaurants are still holding the proverbial bag. The food delivery company has not refunded some restaurants who were overwhelmed by the onslaught of orders and ultimately had to throw away meals that never got delivered or picked up or paid for. Many restaurants ate the food tab in those instances, despite the fact that Grubhub said it would foot the bill for its May 17th promotion. Uh, offering a free $15 lunch between the hours of 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. We lost about $4,000 on a promotion. George Tenendios, chief executive of the Fresh and Company chain of 13 restaurants in Manhattan. We were able to pump up our pump out our orders in 45 to 70 minutes, but I think the customers were never notified by the app that the order was ready. Grubhub is apparently swamped with such complaints, according to Fresh & Co.'s Grubhub rep, who ignored five emails from the restaurant, pleading for information about its refund before finally responding. All orders from the free lunch promo will be refunded. The Grubhub sales rep finally wrote an email, which was shared with the post, conceding that it has taken some time for the team to get to all accounts affected. A spokesperson for Grubhub told the post in a statement, while the vast majority of restaurants saw an uptick of successful orders, a major win for them. We are working to refund restaurants that either had orders canceled or unfulfilled. Starting Monday, the company said it will reach out to restaurants who have been clamoring for a refund. Jeremy Waldis estimates he's out of $1,500 worth of undelivered food at his four restaurants in the Big Apple, including Upper West Side, Mainstays, Good Enough to Eat, and Nina's Great Burrito Bar. Grubhub has not yet refunded his restaurants. And then there's this funny picture of uh, these kitchen workers, all these uh, Grubhub receipts. So, um, like I said, this is this is a story that won't die. I mean, it's still kind of funny, but... I mean, it's funny and it's also kind of sad. And it's I, as I said before, is I mean, if Grubhub was trying to go broke, they they couldn't be doing a better job. Is this incompetence, or maybe I don't maybe know? There's no other maybe they're trying to sabotage themselves. I don't know. To make I, I the plan was a pretty bad plan when you offer it's basically with fifteen dollars um, up to fifteen dollars for free to order for lunch. Mm-hmm. And they underestimated how many Grubhub drivers they're going to have, um, and these small businesses cannot take losses like this. So you, you know, Grubhub needs to pay these these restaurants back. I am, you know, I applaud uh, at least media outlets like the Post to keep pushing this story out there to give Uber, I mean, give Grubhub a bad name. Is like if I'm a business owner, should I even have Grubhub as my one of my apps to use when I know when things go wrong, they're not going to pay me my money so it's it just a bad look for grubhub i don't know you know who's gonna buy this company for seven billion dollars yeah. like it, it's it's terribly uh overvalued and yeah this is unfortunately for the small businesses they cannot afford to be out thousands of dollars you just you just can't especially right now yeah um yeah i don't know if grubhub will ever be purchased i mean i think any i mean i don't have the same insight as you know these Gordon Gecko type people. Um, I don't know what they'll see that I'm not seeing, but I I just don't see that Grubhub could ever really be profitable. I mean, they would have to, I mean, they absolutely have to clean house and like, you'd have to bring in some kind of like 
genius like Elon Musk to like figure out essentially reinvent the wheel. You know, they've had to figure out a way to do something more efficient, better, and like to bring in to steal customers away from Uber Eats and DoorDash, you know, and and uh, this is something, you know, we forgot to, well, at the beginning of the show, you know, usually we talk about our week. I didn't, was going to talk about what happened yesterday. So I was in Daytona Beach all day yesterday. And um, so I turned on Grub Dash Eats and I was only getting DoorDash orders, which tells me that, you know, people are using DoorDash way more than Grubhub and Uber Eats and certainly mm -hmm. not Bite Squad or Waiter. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just DoorDash has the market domination and, I, I think if you're if you're Uber Eats or Grubhub, the only thing you can do is just hope that they somehow screw it up, or like I said, you have to come up with something so radically genius, diabolical, to steal that away from them. You know, short of yeah. you know industrial sabotage or something like that. <laughs> yeah, they, they they have they have a lead for they're going to have a lead for quite a while. Yeah, let's move on. This one's kind of a. This I don't usually talk about local crime stories on here, but I thought this one was too scary to to ignore. So this is from Minneapolis. Uh, two face federal counts in plot to lure Uber Lyft drivers for carjacking. Two men have been charged in alleged conspiracy to violently rob and carjack Uber and Lyft drivers in the Twin Cities. Uh, U.S. Attorney's Office announced 18-year-old Brooklyn Park man, 20-year-old Minneapolis man were named Wednesday in a 20-count federal indictment that charges them with conspiracy brandishing firearms aiding and abetting carjacking other crimes the charges come weeks after u.s attorney andy luger that's funny <laughs> that's the name for a gun announced that as part of a new strategy to address rising violent crime in the twin cities all adults who are accused of carjacking will be charged with federal crimes luger said in a statement with that the indictment represents an important step forward in that strategy as alleged these two defendants led a carjacking ring and engaged in a series of violent premeditated acts against Uber and Lyft drivers. According to the charges over a roughly five week span in September and October, the two men and others lured Uber and Lyft drivers to specific locations, letting them think they were dropping someone off or picking someone up. When the drivers arrived, members of the conspiracy brandished firearms and robbed the drivers of their phones and wallets. They then forced the drivers to unlock their cell phones and transfer transfer money before carjacking them at gunpoint. According to the charges, the carjackers allegedly hit pistol whipped and threaten to kill the drivers. So, you know, it's funny. I'm, I have my Wonder Woman mug right here, but I was like thinking, you know, this reminds me of something that would be like in a comic, you know, uh, actually too bad. I didn't have my Batman mug, but um, it seems like there's th these guys. Okay. So they have some kind of entrepreneurial spirit. Maybe they've just watched too many Scorsese movies or uh, the wire or something like that. Um I think like they they've got the ambition, but why why do crime? You can certainly you seem to have the the insight to come up with a more productive legal way of making money. So I mean, this I've never understood even as a kid like uh, organized crime. Uh, I'm not not to say that these guys are like in the mob or like a gang or something like that. I mean, it could just be the two of them, but for all I know, but. Um, to like put all that time, effort, and thought, planning, cunning into committing crime, it seems like the path of really high resistance. So, and also, I mean, as I've said so many times on this show, is you know, rideshare is, in my opinion, for suckers. I mean, especially if you're in a high crime city like Minneapolis, which I didn't really know was high crime until just well, actually, they've been going high crime for the last couple of years. So I think. 
they kind of follow San Francisco's example of like where they were going after a lot of like low level crime and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, I don't know. I mean, you're in New York, you're in, you know, we've all seen the movies and the TV shows. Um, I mean, it's not quite the warriors yet. <laughs> um, no, not, what's, not yet. what's your reaction? I think that, um, it's, after we talked about, uh, at least I talked about this before with the crime and how high it's becoming and how certain areas where people are so emboldened that they don't think they can get in trouble or if they do get in trouble, it's a, uh, you know, slap on the wrist. And I think even with these two, you know, how much money they were generating each carjack, that, that was a lot of money and it probably was not hard to do. So that attraction and also, you've already led a life where you're, you know, following rules is something you were not accustomed to or you've been trained to do. And then the, you know, the quick money. So someone carjacking some, you know, some guy's, you know, Camry, transferring a couple hundred dollars out of the account. That's very lucrative and, again, easy. And if you're doing this yeah. for a couple of months, you're generating a lot of money. So, of course, people are going to be drawn to that. Um, but yeah, I, I understand your feelings about ride share that you just you bring in another element of unpredictable situations where you can be hurt, lose your car, lose your life, more importantly. So until uh, other politicians and that's why I think you should definitely vote, you know, like use your voice to vote, get some of these politicians who are soft on crime, don't think it's a big deal. Try to yeah. try to make it seem like it's OK. Uh, to get them out and get people who actually care about putting the bad people in jail. And if we can do that, we can make, we can kind of bring these crime rates down to a point where people can do ride share and, and feel comfortable and not worry about, uh, you know, the, the next passenger leading him into some kind of alley to yeah, get pistol whipped. So, you know, this is, this is getting out of control. Yeah. And if you are Uber or Lyft driver, I mean, check out ride share professor. He's really good at, um, you know, anti-crime tips. Um, I think uh, Roy will be Roy. He's done a lot of, uh, you know, safety anti-crime uh, videos. Um, I mean, I mean, a lot of it's common sense too. It's just, you know, first of all, don't drive at night if you can help it. Uh, and I mean, unless you're coming from your day job and you need extra money or whatever, but uh, you're much safer driving during the day. Problem is there isn't as much uh, rides during the day. All right, we've been going 42 and a half minutes. We still haven't taken a break yet. So uh, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back in 55 seconds. Meet Joe. He's a rideshare driver that drives for Uber and Lyft. Joe currently uses multiple phones to efficiently drive for Uber and Lyft. But this can be a pain at times and very unsafe. That was until Joe found Maximo, the rideshare app that automates Uber and Lyft ride requests. Maximo will use the filters set by Joe, like time, distance, and passenger rating, to determine which rides are best suited for Joe. When a ride request comes in, Joe doesn't need to worry. Maximo will automatically accept the ride request that matches his filters, and then turn off the app that isn't currently on a ride. Once Joe finishes the ride, Maximo will turn everything back on. This will allow Joe to focus more on his passengers and driving safe. Uh, I thought I would be back in time. That's why I played the longer commercial. <laughs> 
Although I just realized I was just dunking on Uber and Lyft <laughs> saying it's for suckers. And I just played a ad that is meant for Uber and Lyft drivers. Well, it's also for Uber Eats and Grubhub. And uh, I, I was listening to uh, Steve Johnson's Rideshare Rodeo from last Thursday that you were on uh, briefly. And Gary was saying, you know, he's like, oh, I really got to remake that commercial to, uh, you know, mention that it's also for Uber Eats and Grubhub. So mm-hmm. um, speaking of Uber. It's a good segue to our next story. This is a, um, actually, I gotta reshare this uh, screen. I gotta share the video. So this is a uh, Dara, CEO of Uber. Uh, he was on with uh, Jim Cramer. There's always a lag when I first uh, start sharing this. So we're just we're just gonna watch this. It's like two minutes. People still want to do things. We know that consumer has money. I mean, do you think about that? That the raising, the increase in supply of drivers is a great thing for you. We do think about that. Obviously, we're not rooting for a recession, right? The business. Well, that's going to happen anyway. Right now, we're growing top line and bottom line. And I think what makes Uber different is that we're a truly durable company. We have mobility. So when markets reopen, the mobility business is absolutely booming, as we're seeing now. We have delivery. If it closes down. We, the delivery business booms as well. So we're an all weather company in those aspects. So why is your stock less than DoorDash? We are recession resistant in that we don't have big fixed costs and our cost of supply essentially adjusts up and down. In good economies, uh, cost of supply goes up as it is now. And that's great because driver earnings are elevated. In more poor economies, driver earnings come down, but the alternatives are not as plentiful as well. And fast, flexible work opportunities are welcome. But things are coming back. I mean, you're, you're <laughs> starting to get some big lift in some cities. Uh, the coast doing well, right? The business is booming. We Boom. talked about we talked about uh, actually May gross bookings and trips being higher than April, which was already strong. The delivery business is staying strong. And more and more drivers are coming into our platform than, than ever. We talk about April, number of new driver signups was up 120%. In May, it's up 145% on a year-on-year basis. Earnings are elevated, and, right. and drivers are speaking with their feet on the pedal, well, so it to speak. Be- Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Said it was 2.08, but they only went a minute or two. Um, Yeah, not a whole lot to digest there, but... You know, you know, one thing I took away from that is that you know how um, they always show the presidents when the, on their first day in office and their last day, and they all they they get white and gray in four <laughs> to eight years. That's happened to Dar. If you look at pictures of him when he took over Uber, he was look like way younger. His beard was like black, you know, rich, and like now it's like kind of patchy and like you know it was white and gray as mine. So um, lot, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of pressure a lot of sleepless nights um you're running a you know, multi, multi-billion dollar company and you know he's gonna have to promote you know of course you're gonna make it seem like ubers are in a, you know they, they're in a good spot right now i don't think i don't think that's true i think they're having some problems just like every other yeah. tech company um yeah you you may be in the delivery space and the you know transportation space but at the same time uh the prices are getting higher um, the drivers are not making as much money as you seem. Um, other, if you gotta be on the coast, like I said, east east coast where New York, you know, DC, you know, major major cities, sure, you're gonna have to struggle, you're gonna have to work. But other places, um, you're not getting paid as much, 
And you still have a safety issue, obviously, something they can't control. I'm not blaming them for it. But, of course, you're going to promote and make it seem like everything's okay. Yeah. But it's not okay. It really isn't. But that's his job as a CEO. He is the you know cheerleader. He's the main cheerleader for the company. So yeah. um, nothing surprised me what he, what he said. I haven't checked Uber stock in a while. Let's see what it's at. Uh, I mean, whoops. Sorry, I got to sort these. Share price. Here we go. Uh, so Lyft. Wow. Lyft is $15.77. Uber is $23.72. I mean, it's just here's the last year, folks. And you can just see it going down, 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 down. It's not... It's not even in, in like all time. Well, it went up at the beginning of COVID and it's been coming back down ever since. And if you think that's bad, look at Lyft. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Lyft's trajectory is more or less the same, but their stock has lost even more value. So, um, and actually, I think Lyft, I, I'm actually predicting, I'm predicting three major well, three made three apps you've actually heard of, I think are going to close shop either by the end of this year or within a year from now. And that's Lyft, Waiter, slash Bite Squad, slash Delivery Dudes, and uh, Grubhub. Mm-hmm. I'm not placing my, I'm not taking bets, folks. I'm just, just putting it out there. So, <laughs> uh, I would not, those are three companies I would not invest in. Anyway, let's move on. Kevin Trimble, DD at five hundred dollars yet? No, I think it's like sixty uh, something. Uh, you would ask me as soon as I close out the app. Yep, sixty-two dollars eighteen cents. Let's see what their. Uh, I mean, here's Grubhub. I'm or sorry, DoorDash. I mean, they've been coming down just as much. It's probably the same. Yep, more or less the same trajectory as Uber and Lyft. Yeah. Big spike at the beginning of COVID and crashing ever since. All right, let's move on. We have a couple um, kind of interesting in-depth stories from mashed.com of all places. Not fast food hacks, no. Uh, why Grubhub share prices have tanked in 2022. You know what? Why is this on here? We already. I'm going to skip this story. We've already um, beaten that to death. Uh, also from Mashed, why delivery gig workers may be the next food sector to unionize. Delivery gig workers are an integral part of today's food sector, yet you rarely get more acknowledgement than a tip if they even get that. And that lack of acknowledgement can feel even worse when it comes to their employers. Uh, Empire-sized corporate giants such as DoorDash and Uber Eats. Let me go full screen here so you guys can see. Um, uh, DoorDash and Uber Eats employ more than a million food delivery gig workers in the United States alone, according to research from Zipia. Leo, I'm trying to do a show here. During the COVID-19 lockdown, delivery drivers became essential workers, helping the hungry stay safe and fed. Their plight, however, deepened over this period while the app-based companies thrived. As a result, in April 2021, an organization representing food delivery gig workers, Los Deliveristos Unidos, held a rally in Times Square to create aware, which we talked about this company, this group before, uh, about delivery drivers' working conditions. Uh, past April, New York City Mayor Eric Adams announced new protections for delivery workers in the city. According to city... LDO, which is still in its fledging stages, is supporting by Service Employees International Union, a large workers union known for its victories. So what does this mean for the future of delivery work? 
In addition to New York City's new regulations and the work LDO is doing, other groups such as Justice for App Workers have extended their support for delivery workers, Civil Eats reported in May. Food delivery gig workers' main qualm is low pay. Sometimes a full day's work isn't even enough to generate $200. Man, there's a lot of these uh, NGOs for <laughs> International Alliance of Delivery Workers. Employee Dashan Nee per Civil Eats. Yeah, check this site out, Civil Eats. To add insult to injury, many delivery workers have to pay for their equipment from already scant income. However, job sites such as talent.com claim that experienced delivery workers can make up to $75,000 a year. That's if you work 18 hours a day, yeah. But based on the Civil Eats report and Nee's experience, the projection seems a bit unrealistic. Yeah, I agree. An additional impediment for delivery workers is their safety, especially during the pandemic. Uh, factors that make things dangerous for delivery workers, such as weather conditions, are also at play, according to a 2017 study. Uh, delivery gig worker in its current state remains largely unregulated and unprotected by state mechanisms, but based on these organizations' work, that could soon change. Um, this is actually, it sounds like an old story, but I swear this is, you know, new. I think this was just from June 9th. Yeah, I mean, it's only three days ago, but uh, whoever wrote this did not do a very good job because as we just re re Seattle just passed minimum wage for gig workers. Um, you know, and we have prop 22 in California. We have what happened in New York city with the mandated transparency and, uh, and like saying that the, the gig gaps had to provide drivers with, uh, you know, the hot bags and all that stuff. So, um, not a whole lot of new news on this other than, um, and then we talked about Los Deliveritos, uh, Deliveristas, um, so, I don't know. Anything in this story that you didn't already know? <laughs> um, no, I, I think that group, uh, the one um, you mentioned, was pivotal in getting some of the stuff uh, done here because there's more delivery drivers on scooters and in cars because traffic is so crazy. So they have a, they had a strong uh, foothold in the city. If something like that happened in other places, I can see that there'd be some level of unionization. But really it's going to be state It's probably, you know, it's going to be still a state thing and what could you know, what the politician wants to do to make things, or at least make it seem like they're doing some kind of work or some kind of effort by make, putting more regulations on these tech companies. So um, yeah, nothing, nothing new there. Um, you know, it's going to be the back and forth thing. It depends on where you live. <laughs> you know, hope you have like, you know, if, if you have a politician who really values being independent, uh, but if they value getting more votes, then no, and they'll pass whatever law to appease, you know, their, 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 you know, their people. It also depends on how you're defining regulation. I mean, these aren't like fly by night companies working on the street corner for cash. Like mm -hmm. they're, they're highly regulated as far as all the financial aspects and all that. It's just more about whether you consider Uber drivers and DoorDash delivery drivers, employees gig workers or something else you know yeah. um i know steve's been saying that he, like he's he's worried that we're gonna be all unionized but i mean the pro act failed um and with prop 22 people have overwhelmingly said no we don't want to be employees we don't want to be in a union um i i don't think unionization is going to happen i think that especially well it kind of depends i think it might go state i'm like thinking like on a federal level we're going to be going more red the next few years, but states are 
still, you know, kind of in control. And like even individual cities like in Seattle passing their own minimum wage and even New York where you live, like, you know, doing the, the chip transparency and all that stuff, which I th- like that's something I would say should be nationwide. Right. Um, I'll be curious to see if uh, Congress does anything like that. I mean, they probably won't. I think they have much bigger fish to fry right now, but um, uh, lost my train of thought. <laughs> the transparency thing should definitely spread um, nationwide. Yeah. I'm wondering, but I'm, I also am thinking what would DoorDash and Grub up these companies would do to stop that, you know, mm-hmm. the lo- lobbying efforts, you know, like New York, they couldn't stop it. It just, it, it would just yeah. too many negative stories in that aspect, but I definitely think there's just, there's going to be something now. Sh- should it be done at the federal level? I would I would say no. I would think it's it should be based on the states. Like every state should have their own rules, but I you know more states mm-hmm. rights than let's say federal rights. So but we'll see. It's going to be something. I'm sure it'll be something in the next couple of weeks. Well, we'll be about. It, it could be a federal issue because of the supremacy clause because it's interstate <laughs> commerce. You know, true. Yeah. Except, and this is like a, a local app that's only in one city or one state, you know, but like Uber, DoorDash, GrubHub, they're all 50 states plus other countries. So the, all the, like that's right there. They can say interstate commerce supremacy clause. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's move on to some of the fun video. Actually, I don't think this first one's very fun, but um, from the Daily Dot, they asked me if I could finish my route before I went to the ER. Amazon driver blast company's response after he got bit by a dog. And as always, I just like to, I did not watch this. I don't know if you saw this or not. So this is my 100% natural reaction to whatever happens in this video. Mm-hmm. So I called my dispatcher. He told me I had to call Amazon driver support and they told me they couldn't help me and that I had to call emergency support and they me? put me on hold for 10 minutes. Hello, Justin? Yeah. Justin, how are you? My name is Obviously I'm bad, Christine. I mean, how often do you get a response of I'm good on emergency support? She goes on to ask me a bunch of useless questions, like if the van I was driving was a branded Amazon van or if it was just a plain white one, and then what kind of shoes I was wearing, because, you know, that's important to getting bit by a dog. After this call was done, I called my manager, and they asked me if I could finish my route before I went to the ER. That's it? Mm. Uh, well, I feel there is a part one that was missing on here, but... Um... You know, I thought this was interesting to talk about. I mean, I do Amazon Flex. You're a dog boarder. Um, although that was about Amazon DSP driver. But still, if you're a delivery driver, and especially if you're doing it as long as we've been doing it, at some point you're going to have run-ins with dogs, especially dogs. Um, cats will usually leave you alone. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty shitty that they're, they ask if, uh, you know, oh, can you finish your route before you go to the hospital? Um, yeah. and that we talked about like a year ago, I got chomped by a little dog, um, like the size of my cat, you know, I was just walking down the street, the little dog just chomped into my calf and still, mm-hmm. I still have like a knot in there. Um, you've worked around dogs for a long time. What is, what is the protocol for when a dog bites a human? Does you it depend would, if it's a big dog, like a German Shepherd or a Poodle? Or Well, you'll definitely go to the doctor if a German Shepherd bites you. <laughs> You're definitely yeah. going to go. It, it won't be a discussion of, should I go? Like, dog, if, if a dog really wants to get you, they can do some serious damage. If you get bit by a dog you do not know, you should go to the doctor because you don't know what that dog has. So, mm-hmm. but also, like you said, depends. Did they break the skin? Was it more like a defensive bite? You know, dogs have their ways of uh, of biting and um, 
showing showing aggression. Like if you be if you're around a dog and the dog is it's very stiff, mouth is closed, looking at you weird. Don't approach that dog. That dog is scared and may react to you. So like, whatever dog is wiggly and acting stupid, like a dog happy dog, that's good too. But um, also, just because a dog tail is wagging does not mean a dog is happy. Dog is aroused. You don't know what it is for, but unless you check and either it's a toy or they're playing. So don't necessarily approach the dog if the dog is tails wagging as well. So it's it's certain signs. But yeah, if if you're on the job, you get bit by a dog, say, hey, listen, I am going to the emergency room. This the, the route is done for right now. It's pause. Bring get somebody else over here, finish this route for me. Um, I'm going to uh, you know, take care of myself. And that's a common problem with Amazon. They have a, a, a they, they have a lot of stories similar to this where it's all about the work. It's all about getting these packages delivered. Forget the people who are doing the work, you know, do, doing the, the labor. It seems like a lot of issues with the warehouse. That's why a lot of these warehouse workers are trying to get unionized. Um, as much as we may have, you know, our disagreements about unions, Amazon pulls a lot of stuff that it, mm-hmm. it it's a reason why these comp- these employees want to be a union, you know. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if it was you or Joe, uh, a week or two ago, I showed another viral video of an Amazon driver. There was like a pit bull that was just wandering around the neighborhood. And then like, she was making a delivery to a lady and like the pit bull tried to attack like the lady's pool or whatever. And then the Amazon driver was like boxing her out. Was that you or that was that with Joe? Okay. Um, and I mean, it's a recurring theme on the show. And like, um, you like on Rideshare Rodeo last week. You guys were talking about, you know, you know, safety protection tips. And I, I like I, this is something I agree with. And it's one of the reasons I do this show and to highlight stories like this is, you know, I mean, not only do I want to keep you guys informed what's going on with the gig economy as a whole, but these micro stories of just what happened to one person one time, they're all life lessons, you know. And like I said, you can what every driver should have. It's completely legal. All 50 states. Pepper spray. You can order on Amazon. <laughs> uh, I think you get three for ten dollars, and you can just keep it. You can keep it in your pocket, especially if you have a breast pocket. Like on my Amazon vest, there's a, there's pockets all over it. So yeah. I, I keep one like right here, and thankfully I've never had to use it. But um, and like you got like I you guys were talking about crime last week, and I've I've never really worried so much about another human hurting me. I've been much more worried about dogs, or um, because I deliver out in the country, you know, right. I'm worried about bobcats and bears just pouncing on me out of the, out of the, just jumping out of the woods. You know, I mean, I don't know how realistic and ex- well, I actually, I have seen bears. Um, they just, mo- they just mosey like there's this, uh, uh, you gotta come visit here sometime so I can show you around, but there's this super rich community on the West side of town. And like, it's a gated community and you walk in, or well, as you drive in, I should say, there's a big sign that says "Be on the lookout for bears." <laughs> um, and you also, although you will also see wild turkeys and peacocks. Which, if you saw my Instagram yesterday, I had a video where I there was a peacock uh, on somebody's property. Nice. I was hoping he was going to spread his uh, the tail, but he didn't do it. He just there were there ran. were no female peacocks to him yeah. impress. So and I was like, maybe if I scare him, he'll do it. But I think that yeah, I think they only do it to uh, impress other. Uh, birds but anyway um the point the moral of the story is be safe folks you know at least get pepper spray i don't care how blue of a city or a state you're in you are allowed to carry that so agree um, 
Yeah. I mean, you don't have to get, you know, a gun <laughs> just yet, but you know, pepper spray at least gives you something. It's better. It's better. Unless you're freaking Joe Rogan or one of those UCF guys, you're probably not going to box but even, your way Even out then you shouldn't, you don't want to spend around, you don't want to spend like, you know, 15 minutes trying to take this guy out. Like a good yeah. spray in the face will probably stop yeah. a lot of that issue. Kevin said basic self-defense class. Yeah. Problem is you don't know what your attacker knows. I mean, your attacker could be a freaking black belt, you know, and what you learned at a YMCA in two hours probably isn't going to cut it. So just pepper spray. At least it gives you some distance. Anyway, let's move on. We went from a sad story to uh, every time Uber or DoorDash puts out a new commercial, I kind of want to do a little, uh, um, we'll, we'll critique it. So this is, Uber Eats lovingly mocks French eating habits. I have not seen this yet. So let me put it on this so you can see our reaction. I believe it's only seconds. 256. <laughs> Mouth noises. <laughs> Oh, so this is like a series of commercials. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Il s'appelle Théo, ton ex. Bah non, bien sûr. Uber Eats, ça arrive. Non, mais tout le monde l'appelait Uber. Are you want to keep watching these or? I, I think they. I, I, I guess I get the point at least the first one. Yeah. Uh, I think they only needed to make one. I don't know if, if these are going to be on TV or if they're just internet only, but. Um. My, I don't know. I, I just say cute yeah i haven't seen yeah. like a really not offensive yeah compared to the postmates bottom friendly thing <laughs> yeah this is a uh, much more tame and tepid <laughs> so um all right let's let's move on to our last story uh another amazon thing no this is not about rick and morty they always have this they have something up at the top that has nothing to do with what the story is about. It's from Newsweek. Amazon driver accidentally walks into home in hilarious clip. So actually, it's not even on this. It's not even on Newsweek. It's I had to bring up the uh, the person's TikTok. All right. So 6.1 million views. So I'm going to get this to play. My Amazon delivery driver accidentally walked into my house yesterday and I can't stop laughing at my ring doorbell footage. Hello. Oh my god. That's it. That was it. See, this is why TikTok folks, like these videos that are funny for like a half a second, they're like they're cute. It's TikTok algorithm makes no sense. But apparently it does because some people can you can grow really fast on TikTok. That I uh six million. So you watch that multiple times. I guess it's enough to like where's is this it? And you just keep watching it four or five times. That wasn't TikTok even funny. Well, it must have been good. Yeah, that was not good. Yeah, I mean I can see if he actually walked like if he walked all the way into the house or something. 
And also, hey, why wasn't this dude wearing an Amazon vest? This is why if you're an Amazon delivery driver, um, like Amazon Flex is you should wear that vest because it helps identify you because the difference between making Amazon deliveries and Grubdash eat deliveries or Instacart or whatever is customers with Amazon, they're not expecting you like at a specific time. Like it's not like they order their pizza and they're, you know, they're watching the window. They're like, I'm hungry. I want to eat right now. It's just like with Amazon. It's like you're delivering them their Random vitamins. Time. Yeah. It's mm. um, so wear your Amazon vest folks. If you do uh, Amazon delivery and you know what I, I'm also thinking about doing is cause I do Walmart spark and I actually kind of like those com routes, which are essentially <laughs> the same as Amazon flex where you're delivering. Um, you just get a whole route of like eight to 12 stops. Um, and just all you have to do is just drop the stuff off people's door. You don't have to, get them to sign or anything. Um, I thought about getting a Walmart vest because same thing. Like they're not expecting you. You're just some stranger that just pulling their driveway and walking up on their lawn. You know, maybe if they see that, that Walmart vest, they're like, Oh, my Walmart delivery is yeah, here. So that's smart, especially nowadays. Yeah. So, all right. So I think that about wraps it up. Um, again, this show is available as an audio podcast. If you don't want to watch us for an hour, just uh, download the audio, listen in the car, in the gym, whatever you're doing while you're doing podcasts. And uh, so uh, Hannibal uh, starting a new podcast or already started a podcast with Pedro. Are you guys going to do that as an audio podcast? I can show you how to set it up. It's really easy. It's all, all the links of all the um, platforms are on the, the last, the latest uh, video. So yeah, oh, so it on, is. Yeah, we're on, we're on Spotify. We're on Apple, podcasts, right, gonna, Google podcasts. Got a little I'm, bit I'm just going to. I'm going to try to see if I can find it. Right. What is it called? The Hannibal Pedro Show? Yeah, Pedro okay. and Hannibal Podcast. We talk about hip-hop. We talk about uh, basketball. But it's, it's definitely more of a hip-hop-centric. Oh, came uh, right up. Yeah, hip-hop-centric uh, channel where we're going to be talking about, you know, we're going to be talking everything. Three episodes already? Yeah, those are actually earlier in the, in the month. But the last one was last week. And we're going to be doing once a week. Um, Wednesdays. 10 p.m. Eastern will like either have a premiere or a live and then the podcast will come in after that. So really excited. We had a really good time last week. So, yeah, we're finally in the podcast game. Speaking of which, I am moving this. This show is going exclusively mornings. So we're going to do it Sunday mornings and Thursday mornings at nine. Actually, I might move the Thursday morning to like eight or eight thirty. Um I just I can't do a late night show. There's first of all, there's too much competition. Second of all, I just can't stay up that late because a lot of times if I do this, we start at eleven. I don't even get into bed like twelve thirty or one because I gotta, you know, get the audio podcast and all that stuff taken care of. And um, it's just so much easier to do it in the morning unless I have a dentist appointment or something. But um, yeah, so uh, we are moving. Everything is going to be mornings. I guess I'll be competing with UDM then. Um, and uh, this coming Tuesday which is what the 14th yeah the 14th flag day uh i will be talking to my first ever tiktoker gig tuber he goes by selling dash on tiktok so uh i will be releasing that probably later today or first thing tomorrow morning uh so be on the lookout for that so that'll be tuesday night at eight. i do that one at night because i take tuesdays off right if it was up to me i'd do it in the afternoon or something but you know all right so everybody out there thanks for watching Check out Hannibal's uh, channel. Check it out his new podcast. You know, I'll put a link in the description. And as always, keep on hustling. See ya. See you next week.